where I think is really important and really key to remembering a character aspects is in how the character behaves, how they've responded to situations. That sort of character consistency is far more important than descriptions and, and so forth. Taylor Stevens, the New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of the kick-ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt, one word at a time. Taylor, when we last spoke, you were getting ready to go on a fantastic tubing vacation with your family. How was it? (laughs) Steve, that's only going to work for people who didn't listen to last week's show. (laughs) To the ending of last week's show. If you didn't make it to the ending, you might actually believe that it's a week later, but it's actually like four and a half minutes from the point where we ended last week's show. We're recording a couple episodes back to back so that Taylor can leave for a well-deserved vacation with her family and fulfill her motherly duties to provide fun for her offspring. Yes, something like that. Something like that. (laughs) Uh, This week's show is... I don't, I don't know exactly what it's about. It Character Bibles, I, I'm not sure what the right terminology is. The, different people use different terms, but Taylor got a an email from someone asking a specific question. How do you do this with, with mysteries and thrillers and things like this? How do you keep track of, of your characters? So that's what we're going to talk about today. So Taylor, read the email if you would. Okay. Well, this is from Sue, and she was actually writing to me in response to an email that went out on my mailing list talking about... You have a mailing list? (laughs) Yes, and if anybody's listened to this podcast more than once, they know it too. (laughs) (laughs) But you can sign up for that at taylorstevensbooks.com and get all this great publishing and writing advice. Continue on. (laughs) The email was on the subject of outlining versus pantsing. And Sue said, I have a question for you authors, especially mysteries. Do you have a notebook with photos of your characters and a brief bio on each so that when they come back up later in the story, it's easy to describe each of them? And what was your answer? Well, I haven't answered. I'm going to answer here, and then I'm going to send her a link to the show, and that'll save me so much time. (laughs) (laughs) You're a genius. See the things that Taylor does to free up time for her family? I'm not doing it for my family. I'm doing it for my sanity. <laughs> All right. Well, I will have some things to add to this as well. So this will be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Well, I can only speak from my own personal experience and from conversations that I've had with other authors. And granted, I don't do mysteries, but I do have a lot of characters in my stories. And I don't have a notebook with photos of my characters or brief bios on each. And I, and I was trying to think about why. And two things came to mind specifically. And one is, half the time, I don't even know what my characters look like. I describe them in very brief detail. I've, I've spoken before on the show how I've never seen Monroe's face. And I, I believe it's because when I write, I write through the eyes of the characters. So I'm not looking in a mirror. I'm, or the character's not looking in a mirror. I'm, I'm seeing what they're seeing. And usually it's, it's not even about what they're seeing. It's about what they're feeling. And 
in terms of, of brief bios, I, I don't really never have because I guess you could say when I'm, when I'm plotting my books and figuring out who these characters are, by the time they show up in a story, I know them pretty well. And so it would be redundant then to create bios or um, character packets. Or, or And I know that there are authors out there who create these elaborate um, packages for each of their characters. But the way that I feel about it is, if you've done a good job in bringing those characters to life, the reader's going to create their own to go along with the story. You just have to give them all the tools to do it. But those are not mysteries. And maybe with mysteries, it's different because in mysteries, um, the investigator might be interviewing a lot of people along the way. And that's a lot more character to have to deal with and keep straight. So, Steve, you write mysteries. When you were talking, I was thinking back to a conversation probably that we recorded and released as a show some time ago um, where you described how little you had had described Monroe in the books. And I found that shocking because I have a very clear picture of her in my mind. And I went back to some of the earlier books and looked and it's like, yeah, you're right. You, you did. There's very little there. And I noticed the same thing in other books, some some really enduring characters. Um, Spencer, for example, of Robert B. Parker's Spencer series. There's almost no description of Spencer other than he's tall, he's thick, he's in good shape, and he boxes. But there's I don't even know what color hair he's he has, and I've read 40 books about him. Uh, Hawk, I know what color hair's Hawk's hair is because he's bald, but that's about the only <laughs> thing I remember about Hawk. The only I mean, you know, you get these very brief descriptions and that's it. Uh but it is different when you're going out and when those characters that you're seeing the story through go out and then meet other people. I think that how a character looks is almost beside the point unless it somehow interacts with their behavior. Like, if, if it's key to their behavior, in, in Monroe's case, she's androgynous. Like, she, she has very angular features and she's tall. So those are important character, uh, physical characteristics to make sure that are clear. And what's funny is a lot of people, because they so see her, oh, and the girl with the dragon tattoo, it doesn't matter that I actually went through the effort to put in there that she's tall. And I didn't, of all the character things I left out, I put in there that she's tall, they still see her as tiny because girl with the dragon tattoo, right? <laughs> it's, it's almost like character, the way a character looks is almost incidental. Um, and it's how a character behaves and how they interact with everyone around them that's really going to bring that character to life. And there will probably be something in a brief description of the character that triggers a thought or a memory in the reader's head that they just automatically sort of project that onto the character. And that's sort of how the character looks, maybe a mashup of this and that. And so I think it's almost does your readers a disservice to spend too much time going into what they're wearing, how they look, what their hair's like, because it, it doesn't really have anything to do with the story. Now, the reader question or the I don't know if she's a listener or not. The, the, the person who wrote in the question, she said, and I wrote this down when you were reading it, 
to make it easy to describe them later. Keeping, do you keep track of this information to make it easy to describe them later? And I think probably in general you don't describe them later, but there are these character, and I forget what the term is. It might be character ticks or something, um, where it's like a little authoring trick where there's just something that will quickly remind the reader of who the character is. Oh, we're, um, so are we talking about a main character or like a side character? Well, it a could, could character. be either one. Yeah, a side character. So um, is somebody like, uh, you know, the, the woman with the red hair and the wart. Right. And so you, you refer to them, you, especially if there's been a few pages between that, that first meeting of the character and then further down the line. There's got to be something that causes them to stand out in the reader's mind. And just describing the way they look isn't going to do it. It's got to be some physical characteristic, something memorable, something they said, something they did that sort of tags onto them like a nickname. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't use the nickname, that's your, your reference point, your anchor back to connect, connect the threads. And so I don't keep notes of those types of things. Maybe other authors do because whatever it is that has triggered that memory or that 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 trigger point i guess you could say to the character they're interacting with that character is going to feel something and i'm feeling it when i'm reading it and my memory as i'm pulling all of these pieces together it's almost almost more like a sensory memory or an emotional memory rather than just uh, i don't know maybe if i was writing like a biopic or an epic with like huge families and family histories and then we might be having a completely different conversation but i've never had that so many characters inside any one of my books that i've had to actually keep track of them in that way or one of the most memorable things that that stands out to me in your series and i just kind of have a thing for unusual living arrangements and Logan has this unusual living arrangement, and that's, that's something that you put into the first book, and it, it just connected me to Logan right away. And when you, when you write something like that, readers will remember it, and I, I almost wonder if you're writing location-type scenes or housing-type scenes or places that you might go back to, and not that that Monroe goes back to Logan's place over and over and over again, but it was just so unusual. It stuck in my mind, but I think of like Nero Wolf's office. You have to have it right. You know, if you said something in book one and, and you're on book 13, you ha it, it has to, it has to be exactly what it was in book one or people will know they remember. So this if you change true. something about Logan's living arrangements and, you know, said that he lived on the first floor and the shop was on the second floor, I would say, wait a minute, she got that wrong. Right. That, that's very true. I've never had to keep records of that, though. There are occasional times where I want to reference something in a prior book, and I'll go and look it up to make sure. Like, I think I know, but I'll go and look it up to make sure I've got it accurate to avoid that type of conflict. But I, I suspect that this question is coming from a place of far more intricacy and complication than what I write. And what it would, it, I almost feel that to really answer this question, the best person to do it would be somebody like, well, I don't know, 
George R. R. Martin, <laughs> Game of Thrones, you know, he might actually have to have some kind of character map to keep track of this just endless array of characters. Maybe that's why he keeps killing them. Once you kill him, you don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I, I think it's, it's not something that you want to overthink. Um, then again, there might be a situation where it might be worthwhile to keep, like, say, an index card with the character's name on it and just key things that you've mentioned along the way so that you don't trip yourself up. If there's lots of interesting little tidbits or things that are being um, thrown out there. And then I'm going to swing to the other side and say, you know, when you consider how many times an author goes through a work before it's finished, it's, it's almost like, like by the time I have actually finished a first draft, there have, I've got to have been through that, most of that book at least. 50 times. I've read it so much. And, and I think, was it Stephen King who said, if you don't hate the book by the time you're finished, you, you're not finished. And when you've read the material that much, it just seems to me that having all that side material would just be unnecessary. Now, there is a, I mean, it, there's all kinds of technology that will help you with this as well, as, as opposed to the simple folder with pictures and things. I use Scrivener when I'm writing, and Scrivener has a way where you can just drag in pictures and you can write brief descriptions. And I do that not for the main characters. I, I put in background information for the main characters. If, I'll, if I write something in the story, I'll put it in the, in the character bio for them so that I can remember it. And then you can just copy that over to the next book when it's time to begin the next book so it's all there and it's, e it's easy to find. There are other programs out there that do that that are just for that. They're not for writing. It's just for collecting all of this information. Um, I can't imagine writing a long series and trying to keep track of all of the different characters that come through, especially if they ever come back again, um, it, with with notebooks and folders and things, that would be that would be quite challenging. I I think maybe a time will come where I have to do this because right now, even as you're you're talking about it, I'm like maybe I've just been lucky that I can rely on my memory, and as I get older, maybe it will become more challenging for me to keep track of who, what. And, and I, what I'm worried about is that I'm making light, potentially making light of a question simply because, and I, I'm not making light of the question, but I'm not, I'm not giving an answer that I feel is helpful because I've never had to deal with this. And I worry that because I've never had to deal with it, I'm ignorant or blind to an issue that multiple people actually do have to deal with. You know, I think of the – and I, when I hear the question, I, I, I heard the question, and I think she's just talking about one book and keeping track of everyone 
through the life of a book. But if that book is successful, you'll have a series. And if the series is, is successful, you may have 20 books. You may have 30 books. I'm thinking of the Eve Dallas series that uh, from J.D. Robb, Nora Roberts. And, I mean, there are whole wikis out there of fans who keep track of the characters at a much greater degree than she does when yeah, she see, writes these books. That's what I would do. I'd be like, hey, anybody remember XYZ and go use somebody. I don't have the time <laughs> to do it myself. It's like I've only got so much mental bandwidth to spare. So I'd be like, hey, somebody already did my work for me. Awesome. Yeah. And, and that is one of the blessings of having beta readers. If you have loyal beta readers that read your material, they will remember this at a different level than you do. And they'll, yeah. they'll remember that, no, you know, Susie was at this other coffee shop when the guy was killed. It wasn't, it wasn't the coffee shop where Matilda works. I, I want to go back to this, um, I, like this, the core part of this question here is really that, you know, when the character comes back up later in the story and, and the question as it's written says it's easy to describe each of them. And, you know, me being very literal, I'm focused on sort of the visual elements and which to me as I'm writing the way a person looks is not so important. So I, I'm like, uh, but where I think is really important and really key to, to remembering a, character aspects is in how the character behaves, how they've responded to situations. Um, that sort of character consistency is far more important than descriptions and, and so forth. So having a bio or, you know, a photo of the character, I don't, I don't see it super necessary. I don't see any harm in it, but if it comes down to, make you know trying to keep that character alive and and make them feel like a real person the character's decisions their motivations their fears their desires all of that is is far more important and if i were to do a character bio and i suppose in a way that's what my um outlining process is when i do create my characters those are the questions I'm asking myself. What does this character want more than anything else in the world? What does this character the most afraid of losing? What are his or her subconscious things going on that drive decisions that don't always make sense but do once you learn where the character came from? Those types of things are really important to figure out as you're, even if you're not writing them down, as you're writing the story. And so even though I don't have like the bio and notebooks and all of that, I do have those notes. I don't go back to them. The point is, is that I figured it out on paper. And, and that is going to do far more for keeping a character consistent than those other little tiny tidbits, I think. And it's interesting because we all have different ways of writing I mean, you, you have this elaborate process that you go through to determine whether or not a, a, a story is worth writing. And as a part of that, you're doing character development. And as you go along... I, I have to time out you there, though. Okay. I'm not, I'm not deciding whether a story is worth writing. I'm making sure that it is worth writing. Like, I, I'm not, I don't have, like, a thousand ideas to develop. It's this, I have this idea... 
And before I start writing it, I'm going to build it out so that it is a story before I just start writing and then find out that I'm missing a bunch of pieces. Yes, because you and, and that's sort of what I was getting to. You, you devote a year of your life essentially to writing a story. And, yes. and building the story and writing it out, and whereas other, other writers might write a book in a month or three months or six months or whatever. Everyone is different. Uh, she mentioned you know, pantsing and, and, and plotting. Uh, for someone who's pantsing, you just sort of sit down and start writing. That, that might be the process. And if that's the case, she doesn't have the in-depth knowledge of the characters that you have because of your process. So maybe it does make sense if, yeah. if she's that kind of a writer to bring in pictures and whatever she can do. And it's sort of my process as well, where I start out with a real sketchy sense of who the characters are. And then as the story goes on, I learn more and more about them and I put them into that character bio that I can then transition to the next book. That makes perfect sense to me. And I suppose in that, in that way, my outlining process, it is maybe a brief bio and a, a mental sketch, even if it's not the way they, the character looks, it's the inner world mental sketch of them and whether I go back and reference it again or not is irrelevant. It's the fact that, because I can remember it, but maybe other people can't remember it as well. It's that it was created in the first place. So even though it's not a notebook or whatever, it's still the process was done mm -hmm. to begin with. Okay, so this has been interesting. I, I think through a circuitous path, pathway, we have, we have come up with a couple of different ways uh, of doing that, and I hope it's helped uh, whoever wrote the email, I don't remember her name. Her name is Sue. Thank you, Sue, for that question, too. Yes, thank um, you. And, and I, sorry, I just, I, I can't, I'm really thinking about this a lot. So I don't really feel like I have a good answer. And um, I, I go back and I think about Monroe, you know, because like, I, I talk now about create, asking all these deep questions and creating these characters. But I didn't do that when I wrote the information. It's because I didn't know any better. I created it, her Monroe on the fly. That story was written by the seat of my pants. And so the characters that showed up in that story also um, were not pre-meditated, pre-thought out. I don't, this is what I'm saying is I don't, there's not a right way. Obviously there's multiple right ways to do it. And I would think that if a notebook with photos of the characters and a brief bio is helpful, then it should be done. I'm thinking, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about how clearly I got a sense of Monroe in reading the first section of The Informationist, but I learned, I think, I think I learned after the fact that you had written that after the book had been completed. Yes. So you knew the character by then. I knew the character by then, Exactly. Interesting, interesting. And I, I was thinking of one other thing in terms of writing a mystery, and I was thinking of Carol's book, Fur Boys, that we talked about last week and that I just finished, and it's at the top of my mind, and I, I don't want to give anything away, but there is a scene early on in the book that involved a character description that, was, that played a huge role in whodunit later on. And it's one of those things that you want to do it, when writing a mystery. You want to make all the information available to the reader, and it was there. It was right there in front of me when I was reading it, but I didn't see what it was until 
uh, the protagonist in the book pointed it out later on, and then I'm like, ah, I should have seen that. But yes, that's a reason to keep track of things like what a character was wearing in scene A or B if it's going to play a role in solving the crime or the mystery. Right. Very, very good point. Okay, so we have hit this from like 100 different directions, and we are done. Taylor, you are on vacation, probably tubing down the river as as this is going live. And I hope you're having a good time. Thank everyone for listening. What's our call to action? Uh. <laughs> I wish I wish I could I should do a montage of all the different responses that you give when I ask that question because it is they're similar they're so very similar if we uh, don't talk about always, it ahead of time it's always stunned being on the spot like oh my god what do I do I mean they really it all they I just throw out all of them join my mailing list tell a friend about the podcast go check out patreon I have a patreon page and there's a lot of cool stuff there um, if you're a writer, you should definitely check out the Patreon page because I continue each week. I get something new that I add to my revisions checklist from the hack the craft craft C R A F T material that that Taylor delivers there on a regular basis. And it's just such a wonderful thing to just add it to a checklist and I've got it. And it's all of these little hacks of hers that I can go in and just double, triple check that I didn't accidentally do it. And what you're going through now, Taylor of mine, where you were saying, uh, no, 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 that has not come across the checklist. The next batch that you get will have come across the checklist. I was just sending this back to you then. (laughs) (laughs) So check out Taylor's Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash Taylor Stevens. And we may be back next week. We may not because I've got a vacation coming up and we might just not be able to put a show together, but we're going to try to. So uh, if you have any material for it, send it. And uh, we would love to do another one of those multi-part series where we can just really dig into something really specific. Uh, If not, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon. You guys are great. Thanks for being with us.